Hey youth, it's Pastor Luke. I hope that you are blessed and encouraged by this awesome message. thought of myself as an introvert. Anybody would, I, uh, no, I can't do that to the introverts. <laughs> you're like, okay, in your head, just <laughs> agree with me that you're an introvert. Um, for like my whole life, I believed that I was an introvert. And I probably was for a time. I wasn't super social. Uh, I didn't really like talking. I wasn't awkward. I just wasn't necessarily the most expressive extroverted person. I like to just kind of hang out in the background and just let everybody else talk. And some of you may say amen to that. You're just, the, being extrovert is not your thing. And um, I kept to myself mostly, wasn't very talkative. But then something happened, which was a worldwide pandemic, okay, where we were forced into our homes for a couple of years. And that really uh, stood out to me or really made me realize how much of an, a people person I am, how much of an extrovert I actually am. I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy talking to students. I enjoy um, all of it. And after months in my house, I realized how much I like being around people. I mean, it was great having time with Cassidy for all that time during COVID and it was awesome, but I realized how much I like relationships and being around people. Why do I share that? It's because relationships matter. Being around people matters, whether you're introverted or extroverted. There are relationships that we need. Specifically today, we're gonna talk about three relationships that every single Christian needs. Three friendships, three relationships, three people in your life that everyone needs. Every single one of us needs these people in our lives. Like I said, relationships have massive impact on our lives. And we say it all the time, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. You've heard me say that before. I didn't make that up. Somebody smarter than me did. But we say that all the time. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And when we hear that, we usually think, oh yeah, the friends I have are gonna impact who I am at 20 or 30 or 40 years old. Yes, but I would say, show me your friends and I'll show you who you are in six months. Like that's how much people and our friends and our friendships and relationships impact the people that we are and the people that we become. We become like the community that we're surrounded by, which means we need to surround ourselves with the right voices and the right people. And I say surround intentionally, surrounding ourselves with the right people. And I'm gonna explain as we get into this message a little bit more, but you should have relationships in different, in every direction of your life. People, relationships that you're pursuing as if you wanna be like them. People that are standing next to you, running beside you, and people that are following your example. That's why I say we need to have relationships that surround us. And a few years ago, we had uh, dinner with a family friend, our friend's family, um, rather, and we're sitting down and uh, his dad's a pastor and he was talking about relationships and he was saying how we need to delineate, that's a big word, but we need to define the relationships in our lives. Like usually, you might have heard like DTR, define the relationship. People who are like, they're not dating yet, but you know, they're like, what are we, whatever. But we need to define all the relationships in our lives. Our friendships, we need to define what kind of friendship is this? What kind of relationship is this? And when we do that, it gives us the right expectations from that relationship. I hope you're tracking with me and I'm gonna explain a little bit more. Like I said, there are three people that you desperately need as a Christian in your life. First and foremost, 
you need Jesus, okay, right? Like, I think we all agree on that. We need relationship with Jesus. It's not enough just to know about him. No, I want to know him, know what he's about, know what he cares about. I wanna be like him. I wanna love on him, minister to him, yield my life to him. That's a duh, that's a a non-negotiable. Of course, he is number one. But there are three people that we also need. Everybody needs a Paul. Everyone say Paul. Everybody needs a Paul. In other words, everybody needs a mentor or mentors in your life. You need a Paul. Why do I, you're like, uh, who's Paul? Okay, like Paul in the Bible, the apostle Paul, right? He was an all-star MVP of pastors, apostles, leaders in the early church. He was the one who took the gospel from Jerusalem and Judea all the way out to the Gentiles and, and started countless churches and raised up leaders and pastors and everything because he wasn't just a pastor, he was a mentor. He was a mentor. Now, obviously we follow Jesus first and foremost. We, follow, we, we look to Jesus before anybody else. But this is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse one. He says, and you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. I'm so glad that you always keep me in your thoughts and that you're following the teachings I passed on to you. In other words, Paul is thanking the Corinthian church. He's saying, thank you guys for trusting me, for leading or for following after my teachings. As I follow Jesus, you're following the things, you're trusting the things that I'm saying. In other words, he was a mentor to these people. He was a pastor and a leader in their lives. They trusted him and he trusted them. Hebrews 13, seven says, remember your leaders who taught you the word of God. Think of all the good that's come from their lives and follow the example of their faith. Please, please do not think that you don't need wisdom, accountability, correction, direction, and counsel in your life, even when it hurts. This is a discipline for me. I've had to get in the discipline of telling my leaders, telling my mentors, hey, if there's anything that you see in my personality, in my reputation, in the way that I interact with people in my private life, if there's anything that you see that's not lining up with what it means to be a follower of Jesus, a pastor, a Christian, if there's anything that you see, even as a husband, as a son, as a father, you have carte blanche, you have full access to call me out on it. That's the relationship that we ought to have. And I'll give you two examples of mentors in my life. Um, when I was in middle school, I went, through a, went, to a, went to a K through 12 private Christian school. So there's kindergarten all the way through seniors in high school. And I was on the middle school golf team in seventh grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. That's when I started playing golf. And I wasn't good. Like I was just starting. I didn't know what I was doing. And I had a great coach. He was awesome. His name was Daniel. But every once in a while, some of the high school players would come to the junior high practice They'd come to the range, it was at the same place. Their practice was just later on in the afternoon. So they'd come early and they'd, you know, just watch us on the range, just hitting golf balls. And this one guy, his name was Brett Walker. I'll never forget this guy. Super cool. He was the same age as my sister. So he was four years older than me. And he would come to our practices and he would just hang out and he would watch me hit balls. He would, he would, I'd be, you know, over putting or chipping and he would see little things, be like, hey, can I help you out with that? It seems like you're struggling. And I had coaches, don't get me wrong, but this guy was more of a mentor. And there was zero competition. 
No competition at all. This guy could wipe the floor with me on the golf course, okay? It was not even close. He was an amazing golfer, and I was just, just getting started. So there's no sort of competition. I was looking up to him, and he'd be like, hey, can I, can I actually show you how to do this? Like, you know, I'm seeing this in your swing a little bit. Let me, let me show you what I'm talking about. He was a mentor in that regard, and I would watch him. I would just study, what is he doing? How is he doing it? He would teach me, and I was just all ears to every single thing he had to say. Why? Because I wanted to get better. The second example, in a more modern sense uh, in my life now, is Pastor Matt Klosterman, one of our teaching pastors, and he's my mentor. There is a defined relationship between the two of us. We are very close friends, but there is a Def, there's a define, we've defined the relationship that we are very close friends, but over our friendship, he's my mentor. That I am watching him, I'm studying him, I'm listening to his messages. Uh, Pastor Rick as well, but me and Matt have a very close relationship. And I'm looking at the things that he's doing, watching how he treats people, watching how he pastors, watching how he leads his family, leads his wife. Every aspect of his life, he's my mentor, so I'm studying him, so to speak. I've invited his counsel and his wisdom and even his correction. I watch how he prays and preaches. Why do I talk about that? It's because everyone needs a Paul. You need a mentor, somebody who's saying, follow me as I follow Christ. Who is that person in your life if you have them? And if you don't, we need to start thinking, what would it look like for me to approach somebody, for girls, an older lady in your life, guys, an older guy in your life, who you admire their walk with Jesus, you admire their character, you admire their integrity, and you say, I wanna be like that. And you make the initiation and you say, hey, will you be willing to maybe go out to lunch or coffee or just meet at the church just so we could talk a little bit about Jesus? Just so, so I can just ask you questions about life. There is not a leader on our team, middle school or high school, that would say no to that kind of request, by the way. It's what we live for. So everyone needs a Paul. Next, everybody needs a Timothy. Everybody needs a Timothy, somebody that you are pouring into, somebody that you're growing in your faith and you're pouring out. We say it all the time, it's Psalm 23, you anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Everything that God deposits in my life is designed to overflow to others. And I don't wanna just hope that I'm pouring into other people's lives, hope that people are getting something out of their time with me, I wanna clearly define who are the Timothys in my life. And you're probably asking, who is Timothy? Timothy, this is how Paul defines Timothy in 1 Timothy 1, 2. Paul is writing to him. That's why the book is named after him. I'm writing to Timothy, my true son in the faith. Later on in verse 18 and 19, Timothy, my son, here are my instructions for you based on the prophetic words spoken about you earlier. May they help you fight well in the Lord's battles. Cling to your faith in Christ and keep your conscience clear. The, there's a relationship established between Paul as mentor and Timothy as mentee. Now, I wanna ask you in your life, are there people, they don't even necessarily need to be younger than you, but people around you that as you're growing in your faith, you're growing as a woman of God, as a man of God, you're growing in these ways and there are people under you, so to speak, that are seeing that and they're being inspired by you to follow Jesus. And most of us have siblings, by the way. Most of us, maybe you're an only child, but most of us have siblings. Can I make a request of you to not just see your sibling as just a younger member of your family? See them as somebody that you're discipling into Jesus. 
See them as somebody that, oh man, that raises the standard for me because they're looking to me. They're looking to me as an example. There's conversations that your younger siblings, if you have a younger sibling, there's conversations that you guys may have that they would never talk to, their, talk to your parents about. Case in point, me and my little sister, we have this kind of relationship. We are very close friends, but I was working in ministry before she was, and now she's working in middle, in, in middle school ministry. And it's amazing, and I love it. She's an incredible worship leader. But I get to have sort of this, in, in a sense, Paul and Timothy relationship with my little sister. We are close friends, brother and sister, but she also sees me as a mentor in her life. She's kind of a Timothy to me in that sense. There are guys in my life, younger guys that are friends of mine, we're friends, but the relationship is they're watching how I'm leading my wife. They're watching how I'm leading my ministry. They're watching how I'm preaching, watching how I'm praying, watching how I'm interacting with people, which means I need to be really on guard and attentive to the ways that I'm acting in my life. That's discipleship, by the way. I love our church has so many discipleship classes. If you're in middle school, sign up for discipleship if it's not too late for our discipleship course. But, and it's amazing, but discipleship also is this walking hand in hand with people who are mentors to you because you wanna grow in your relationship with Jesus. So you surround yourself with Paul's in your life. And maybe it's not siblings. Maybe it's just other people who aren't as strong in the faith as you are. I bet we all know somebody who is also a Christian, but is not as strong of a believer as we are. I bet almost every single one of us can say that we know people who are not as strong in their faith as we are. Maybe you're not very strong in your faith right now. I wouldn't recommend trying to mentor anybody, but maybe you're like, no, I feel like I have something to give. Get in the practice of getting around your friends and not saying, behold, I must mentor you. No, that's weird, okay? But getting around your friends and saying, hey, I feel like God's been kind of teaching me something lately and he's been sharing stuff with me. Can I share it with you? Or, you know, I've, oh my gosh, dude, I was reading in 1 Peter 2 this morning and I just felt like it was so cool. Like, dude, check this out. This is so cool. I just did this with a friend yesterday who would see me as a mentor in his life. I'm reading something in my Bible time and my quiet time with the Lord in the morning. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he needs to hear this because he's in the, he's in the same kind of track that I was in. He needs to hear this. So I went right after my quiet time Hey, bro, let me share this with you. That's what it looks like to have Timothys in your life, people that you're pouring into. Who are the people that need your voice? They need your love for Jesus deposited into their lives. And finally, we all need a Silas. We all need a Silas in our lives. Probably wondering again, who is Silas? You might be really familiar with the story in Acts 16. You remember in Acts 16, Paul and Silas are in prison and they're worshiping at midnight and then the the jail cell doors open and they all go free. That story, that's Silas. That story is just as much about Silas as it is about Paul. Silas is a co-laborer. He is someone that Paul was running with. They were on ministry tours together. They were missionaries together. They were building churches together. They were doing the work of God together. They were running after Jesus together. Everyone needs a Silas. Everyone needs a Silas. And it wasn't just Paul. This guy, Silas, was so incredible, apparently, that even Peter, the apostle Peter, knew him as well. First Peter 5.12, I've written and said this short letter to you with the help of Silas, who I commend to you as a faithful brother. 
What it looks like to have a co-laborer, a Silas, a brother or a sister in the faith is somebody where there's no competition. We are simply arms locked together pursuing Jesus. We're going, we're, we're going to youth group together. We're starting a Bible study at school together. We're getting together for coffee every once in a while or Starbucks or Boba or whatever, talking about Jesus. There's no Paul, Timothy kind of, it's just literally we're in this together. We're literally like Acts 16. We're in this jail cell together. So we might as well worship together. You know what I mean? Like that's what it looks like. And uh, for me, I've been blessed with this group of guys called the Brotherhood. And these are eight guys all over the West. I don't just say the country. One of our guys is in London. And they're all ministry leaders all over the country. One's in Albuquerque, another's in Washington, another one's in, he's about to plant a church in Indiana. Like I said, another in the UK. And these are my guys. And they, they know they know the depths of my sin and my stuff, okay? Like they, we, we just got back from our retreat last month and it was amazing. We just literally went away together for three days, praying, fasting, seeking God together, just seeking relationship with each other. And our mantra for our relationship is, for, our, for the brotherhood is nothing to prove, nothing to lose, and nothing to hide. Nothing to prove, nothing to lose, and nothing to hide. These are the types of people that we need in our lives. You need a mentor. You need to be pouring out your faith into other people, but you also need people who are locked arms right next to you running the race. And I know this might be hard for some of us because we're like, Pastor Aaron, it's hard for me just to make friends, let alone godly friends. I don't wanna sound too basic or uh, I don't wanna sound make this too simple, but have you prayed? Have you prayed for an extended period of time over the course of weeks and months? God, bring me godly friends who push me in my relationship with Jesus. You're like, dude, I, I don't know how to be extroverted. I don't know how to talk to people. I don't know how to make relationships. Yeah, but God does. God does. I was at a point literally in my life where I was like, dude, I've got the mentors and I've got plenty of people who are looking to my example, but I don't have a Silas. And then I get this random text from my friend Slav inviting me to be part of this brotherhood. God desires you to have relationships more than you desire to have relationships. Ecclesiastes 4, just as we close, says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion, but woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. So I wanna ask this question, as we ask these three questions as we go, or as we close in worship. Who's your mentor or your mentors? Who are you pouring into and who are you running after Jesus with? I encourage you, take a picture of that because I want my challenge to you. I was, I was walking around our complex last night. I was praying for all of you and I was praying for today. And I was praying that we would actually run with this message this week because I think it's that important. By next Sunday, I want you to be able to come back and say, this, this person, this is who I look up to as a mentor. Whether they know it or not, whether it's a defined thing or not, this is who I look up to as a mentor. This is who I'm pouring into in my life, whether they know it or not. 
Again, don't be weird about it. Behold, the Lord said, I must disciple. No, that's weird. But I'm pouring into them. And lastly, who are you running with? Who are your guys? Who are your girls that are you're locked arms with? You're not trying to disciple them. You're not trying to bring them up in the faith. No, it's literally, <laughs> I need you and you need me. Let's be honest. And let's pursue Jesus together. That's our challenge this week. Come back next Sunday and be able to answer those three questions and commit to those people. Why don't we stand? We're gonna close in prayer and then we'll close in a song of worship. Heavenly Father, thank you that you desire us to have relationships. Lord, you desire us to have mentors in our lives and people that we're pouring into and co-laborers, runners next to us that we are pursuing you with. God, we do pray right now. Maybe there's some of us in the room that we're just like, that sounds great, but I'm hecka introverted. I don't even know how to talk to people. God, we ask for your heart. What you want for us is what we want for us. Father, would you bring the right relationships into the lives of these students? Bring the right mentors, the right Timothys, so to speak, and the right Silas's, the brothers and sisters to simply pursue Jesus with. Lord, today would our demeanor, our decision, our declaration be that we pursue you before all else. We'll build our lives on you. You are our foundation. You're our rock. You're the chief cornerstone. Would we not get so wrapped up in our lives, our sports, our teams, football, that we begin to build our lives on other things, Lord. Like King Josiah, would we rid our lives, would we rid the land of false idols and false gods to make room for you again? Stephen, right now, under your breath, I want you to talk to God and just say, God, I make room for you in my life. Just ask him, God, lead me, guide me, correct me. Thank you for your love. Thank you that you are a father. You don't lead us as a dictator. You lead us as a loving father whose heart burns for his kids. We worship you in Jesus' name.
That was such a great word. I hope you were blessed by it. I know that I was. Please don't forget to subscribe to our podcast feed for any future messages and also to follow us on Instagram at The Rock Church YCH to keep up to date with everything we have going on here. See you next time.